what we're doing with the platform is we're actually checking the course before people even get on it to ensure that what you're presenting to users is something that they will be able to consume in the way they need to consume it so that they can learn the things and present those learnings effectively. Welcome back to How I Built This, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of Scottish tech companies and their successes. I'm Jack Stephen, and as always, we're brought to you by Cathcart Technology, Scottish technology recruitment experts. On today's episode, I'm joined by Peter Zielinski, the CTO at Glasgow Tech Consultancy, This Is Milk. This Is Milk is a consultancy specialising in digital transformation, but are also in the midst of building their very own platform called Need Learning. Need Learning is a neurodiversity first training platform which companies can adapt screens, courses and interfaces in the way that they want. Peter, welcome to How I Built This. How's it going? Good. Yeah, really good. Thanks for coming on. I wanted to kind of start at your the kind of start of your career. Noticed that you you obviously started kind of working as a developer in America for for quite a few years. Yeah, yeah, that's where I started back in '98, I think. Why did you kind of pick America? Uh, I didn't actually pick it. My parents moved us there when I was uh, quite young, when I was ten. So I had no choice really. Yeah, uh, I grew up there. Nice, nice. Then I think it was early kind of 2013 that you made the move to Edinburgh. How did that kind of come about? For a while, I wanted to come back to Europe. And because all my IT knowledge was in English and it's been my career, I needed to pick a place that spoke English. So what I did was originally traveled to London, try to figure out if that's the place I wanted to go. Um, But it wasn't quite up to the way I would like to live. So I we traveled to Scotland, Edinburgh, and uh, still in love with the city, honestly. Nice, yeah. good. No, that's uh, amazing to hear. And obviously you've kind of been here for, for 10 years now. It looks like you've done a kind of mix of contract thing as well, as well as kind of working in, in permanent roles. Is there kind of a reason that you've shifted between the two or has it just been kind of what project you, you kind of enjoy it? Throughout my career, I really enjoy short contracts, things that have a good ending. Um, So contracting just naturally fits into it. Uh, On the other hand, a lot of permanent roles also have that structure because, well, when you're working for consultancies or organizations that do a lot of large projects, like my current, you do get a lot of change, a lot of variety in work, which is what I really enjoy. Good, good. And I noticed it was when you kind of came to Scotland, it looks like you started taking on more kind of tech director, architect, CTO kind of type roles. Did you always kind of see your career going in that direction or was that just kind of um, per chance? No. In fact, I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing right now. When I started programming, well, before when I started programming professionally in the workplace, I enjoyed sitting it for hours. I could sit in front of a computer for 10, 12 hours just writing code, not have being bothered with, you know, all the background things and the strategy and all the things that I do right now. 
In fact, I never thought I would be going anywhere beyond like senior developer. Um, but when I moved to Edinburgh, I noticed companies struggling with building teams and creating a really good software development environment. And so that's why I came in and started helping them do that work. In fact, from the very first contract in Scotland, it was I was part of that team that needed to help build a new development team in-house and uh, get agile working for uh, the company. And is that what you would say that you, you kind of, your preference is doing now? Is that what your, your kind of specialism is? It has been. It has been my specialism for a little while now. Um, and I do enjoy it a lot. I do enjoy building teams, putting together teams and trying to help uh, teams work better together, trying to figure out how they can go through the processes. Also, it's a lot of working with senior leadership, actually, because I think senior leadership really needs to understand how their team can work better versus how they're working now or what is missing from their processes. And that's a really enjoyable thing to see a team go from struggling to deliver to being able to actually come together and deliver things quickly and, and you know to the standard that they themselves expect to be. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it's quite rewarding seeing the, the changes that you're kind of implementing and stuff that you're impl implementing and improving and you can actually see that. Yeah, the, a lot of times the teams and people I work with know the changes that need to be made. The issue often is that there isn't, they don't know how to make those changes and there isn't that push from upper management to have those changes be made. So I just, I, I facilitate, I actually don't do anything other than get people talking together and help them figure out the process that they need to go through in order to get their team working back to working together better yeah so i can imagine it's obviously very valuable having somebody that knows the kind of technical side of it but also yeah knows the kind of business side of it and can be that kind of person absolutely in between them. absolutely yeah yeah that's yeah. that's that's one of those most rewarding things uh yeah Good, good. Um, and, and fast forward to 2022, I think it was summer of 2022, you joined This Is Milk. How did the, the kind of opportunity come about? So I originally was engaged with This Milk because they won a challenge from Siftec to build a inclusive platform for learning. Uh, this was during covid where everyone was moving online with their training, with their uh, courses, uh, and there wasn't really a good platform for that. There were platforms that lacked the functionality needed for neurodiverse learners. And this is Milk kind of presented that idea of the platform, how they would design it, how it would function. But at the time, this is Milk didn't have any in-house software development capabilities and the managing director Angela um, kind of called me and saying we need help building this and I said sure yeah I'll help because it sounded like a really really good challenge and a really powerful thing to do yeah 
Good, good. And um, I'm guessing there was nothing there then when you, you kind of first joined. It was a blank piece of paper almost. It When I joined, it was an idea on paper of this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to build. And it was just, yeah, how do we do that? And how do you kind of go about doing that starting from, from scratch almost? The same way you do anything, you just build the team and get the people working together, get ideas flowing. It's just a matter of trying to figure out exactly what features, what things you want to implement first, where you want to start. The starting of it is the starting of any application kind of always works the same way. You know, you go in, you create the basic components. The application as it stands now, for example, has it. We've gone through, I think, three iterations at this point of completely different front end and back ends before we got to the one we are in now. So we did a pro- we did some prototyping. Uh, prototyping is kind of important to do because you get a chance to understand how people interact with your idea. You know the pictures, the inputs that are on the page, where they're going to be, and you can see how people interact with those prototypes. And then you get feedback and you go, okay, this isn't quite right. This isn't quite right. Or this is working. And you can see the flow of how people expect to use a system. Uh, because there's a lot of expectations around learning uh, systems, uh, learning platforms. We we prototyped uh, at, at first. And then we got into the actual building of the tool. Nice. And is this the first kind of learning platform that you've built in your career? Is this quite a, a kind of new area to you or... This is the first le- learning platform, yes. I've built before a a platform that managed continuing education, but not from the point of learning, but from the point of tracking the units or courses or, or, or certifications that people had. Because a lot of bodies, like, for example, nurses or chiropractors or psychotherapists, need to do continued education. So that platform, what it does is it actually facilitates that learning and tracks those units for them so that they know, for example, if they need to do 50 units of continued education in a year, how many they've gotten, and so to make sure that they can keep their certifications. So I built a platform like that in the US for a company that I worked for, actually as a permanent employee for quite some time. Yeah, this was before I I joined, uh, well, before I, came to the Edinburgh. Nice. Is there a lot of like crossovers between the, the kind of two platforms? Like have, has there been learnings from that original one? No, they're, they're significantly different because I think this one is focused really on the learning aspect of it, whereas the other one was geared towards a different audience. Although there is some similarity in the business side of it because both platforms are being sold to so Neve Learning is a, it's a business to business. It's a, it's a platform as a flash well, Apple. It's a, a software as a service platform, and so was the other one. We were selling to businesses or organizations. The other platform was being sold to organizations that need to track learning and certifications. Whereas this one is actually focused on helping people learn and improve their life through learning. And we want to focus on continued education, which is why, like, from my point of view, 
personal privacy is very important. It's important for them to, for the individuals who join the platform to own the data, but we're not selling to those individuals either, which is kind of really a difficult thing to stand in between because we want to make sure that the person who joins the platform to learn a course has control over who sees their certificates, who sees what they've learned. On the other hand, the organizations that are providing the training want to see all of that information, but we need to make sure that we kind of keep that privacy. No, that's that's interesting. And um, you've obviously kind of touched on it, what the kind of platform does kind of briefly. Um, do you mind just giving a, a kind of overview of, or more kind of in-depth overview of, of what it kind of does? Yeah, so Neve Learning, the platform itself is where training providers, organizations that want to provide training to individuals can go on. They can create a course in a very neurodiverse friendly way. A lot of platforms currently are kind of self-guided where people go on and kind of read a bunch of things or watch videos for hours on end sometimes. And those are not very friendly. In fact, I read a study recently that even though most platforms, most of those learning platforms present videos that are like an hour, two hours, three hours of watching things, people zone out after the first 10 minutes. So what we're doing with the platform is we're actually checking the course before people even get on it to ensure that what you're presenting to users is something that they will be able to consume. We want to make sure that the course is available and not available as in people can take it, but available as in like they will be able to consume it in the way they need to consume it so that they can learn the things and present those learnings uh, effectively. Uh, so we're, we're making sure that videos aren't too long. We're making sure text isn't too long. Um, we're actually going to be implementing a feature that allows users to choose how they want to consume learning. So we're going to give them a choice. You can watch a video or read or listen to something in those chunks the way we want it. Things are modularized. So there's modules and then the modules have activities in them. And we're also doing something called flip classroom learning where people consume the information first then go into a classroom and review and have practical exercises around what they've just read or watched or listened to. That way, it's not that you do come into a an in-person, which could be online or could be um, in the real world. You don't come to that to be lectured at. You come in to actually do some work around what you've been learning about. Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. I remember, yeah, obviously just from kind of uni people learn in such different ways and like to study in such different ways so yeah it's obviously a kind of great idea to have you can have the choice in the way that you're going to learn the best um you obviously want to take in as much as possible from these things so that that kind of makes sense and have you got um kind of customers using it the the platform already or, or what kind of stage are you at with it yeah so actually the platform is due to have its 1.0 release in, at the beginning of January. We're officially going to be launching the official release it, at the beginning of April, but we're already signing up customers to the platform. In fact, we had 
I believe there's two customers on right now and we're having demo scheduling constantly on the platform and it's it's freely available to, for people to go on and demo. The only thing is if you want to be a trainer, you one of we have to set you up as a trainer because the way the um, organization stuff works, but we have a demo site. People can go in and actually take a look at this platform and go through the courses. So we do, we do, we run courses uh, as this is milk runs courses on Neve learning. And we also have customers that are now joining us. It's great to see it getting traction even before kind of final releases are, are out. Yeah. I think um, my, my, colleague may um one of your colleagues lauren toll uh, at digit expo yeah. and she had mentioned that the um there was a big product release coming soon so yeah january then yeah so january was we were planning on doing the big release in january but we moved it to april because we wanted to add a few features to it around that personalization aspect um we're actually going to see i'm not sure if the uh, choosing the way to complete an activity is going to be completed by then, but we're trying to complete a few other pieces to it and add more functionality that we know that customers are wanting because we've had a really good feedback, but there's just a few things that we need to add to make it more scalable and more usable for end users. Yeah, that's good. And it's good to see and hear that there's obviously maybe not as much pressure to get it out into the market as quickly as possible especially when there's valuable things that you want to add to it you're not getting pressurized to um to just get it out as, as quick as possible it seems like you're taking your time and, and kind of doing it right yeah i don't think you can do that with software especially with the initial releases because if you if you move it too fast and if you go to market too quickly what ends up happening is you end up burning through all the people who are enthusiastic about the software and they look at it and they, they see that it's not usable and they'll, they'll, they won't come back um, or they will, but it'll be really hard to get them back on that platform. So we really want to make sure that the platform is uh, as good as it can be before we get all the engagement on it. And um, how big is the, the kind of team that you've um, kind of got building it? So we have, right now we have three developers. So we often on our development team, we bring in um, people from CodeClan. So we had a person for about a month that, uh, well, CodeClan now it's kind of disappeared, but we've had someone on an internship for about four weeks. So that team was a little bigger. Now it's back to three people. We have a designer, we have a product owner. Team is actually relatively small. Uh, I do want to grow the team over the next couple uh, year uh, to potentially five or six people because I think we can improve how quickly we are doing these features. Um, and there's a lot of features that people are asking for. So we really need to bump up our development team, but we have a really good core team right now. Good, good. I noticed on This Is Milk's kind of website, they, they kind of specialize in digital transformation projects. Yeah. Are you still involved with that? Or are you kind of solely focused on, on Neve? No, I'm not solely focused on Neve. I do other things as well. So I do agile training for This Is Milk. I also actually do technical development, technical architecture, consulting for This Is Milk. So I'm working with other organizations out there that need all sorts of technical capabilities that don't have that capability. Yeah. And I'm guessing that kind of 
relates back to what you said earlier you you like to yeah you, you like short contracts and stuff so that kind of must keep it a bit fresh for you yeah exactly so i do a lot of small projects so uh, right now i'm in the middle of something i don't really want to say what it is because uh it's for the scottish government but i'm doing and it's i think it's supposed to be six weeks of work um and those kinds of jo- uh, consultancies are really really fun to do and you touched on it earlier um with with neve learning the the whole kind of idea came about because they was it a grant that they they got it's from Siftech, so uh, i'm not sure if you're aware about Siftech, but it is my description of it is sort of an agile approach to government procurement. It's probably the shortest uh, way of, of describing it. So the way SIFTEC works is they they have either organizations within the government or or, thir- or third sector organizations come with challenges that they have. So the challenge was around learning in the environment that existed at the time, which was COVID and the, the changes that needed to be made and all of that. Um, and that's what were the challenges. But they have all sorts of challenges. They have challenges around licensing. They have challenges around canning beaver burrows along riverbanks, for example, or mapping out the ocean. You know, so there's all sorts of challenges coming through SIFTEC. And organizations are then come up, come up with solutions to those challenges. And then what they do is they choose a couple solutions to go on an accelerator and they progress them to a point where they can actually build that product. So we won one of those challenges and we've been progressing with this product. I mean, this it has, it has been a couple of years now that we've been doing this. That's really interesting. I'll have to have a, a look into SIFTEC because I'd, I'd never heard of that before. And do they continually support you or is, does it get to a point where you have to go and get your own investment or how does it kind of work? Yeah, I mean, they don't just drop you suddenly because the the goal there is that the organization that brings the challenge is your first client. So you get investment and not investment, you get money for completing challenges in the pre-commercial phase of your development. And in exchange for that funding, that first organization gets to use your platform relatively inexpensively. Uh, or platform or solution, whatever the solution is, you know, there is there's this agreement that you're going to give them favorable usage of that. And then the you know, you have to go eventually go out on your own and 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 do that. But they really support you because they make sure that you have a plan of how you're going to get this to a commercial product. So they don't they don't just you know go hope that you make it. They actually support you hundred percent. They have workshops on how how to build business, how to build that model of take your product to market. And a lot of the solutions that come from people, there sometimes there are cases where the there's no company, a person, an individual, a group of people, two or three people come together, present the solution, and only then does a company form after they've already won, you know, they've gotten to the next stage and they're being supported. So sometimes it's people who are brand new to business start on these challenges, which is one of the most fantastic things that happened because it really creates a innovation hub for the world, as it were, because in, in fact, 
there have been people from other countries coming to Siftec to look at their model of how they're doing this and taking this back. One of them was Poland, which was interesting. Yeah, and is Siftec Scottish-based? Scottish, yeah. And I can imagine, obviously, the companies that are coming will, will have these problems. The reason that they obviously want to support you is because you're coming up with solutions for their problems. So it kind of makes sense for them to continue to, to help you. And yeah, with the, you obviously mentioned they, they obviously don't drop you. Are, are you at the point where you've kind of started looking for investment on your kind of own or what stage are you at with that? Yeah, so we are looking for investment right now. So this is Milk is looking for to get some investment in to the platform. We're looking at different avenues. It's really hard to get an investment right now. But on the other hand, we are we're able to fund the development of the platform ourselves. We're really looking for investment in order to accelerate it. As I said, I would like to grow the team. And this is the reason we're looking for investment, because if I can grow the team by two or three people, then we're able to develop and build the platform and the features that our customers want much faster um, and get to that point where it is, you know, hopefully used by everyone because it's a really, really good platform. Good, good. Have you been involved with the the kind of investment seeking? Is that something that's been kind of new to yeah. you? Or? Yeah, I've been involved in it a little bit. Yeah. Is that something that's quite new to you or have you done it in the past? Or It's quite new to me, yes. Most organizations I worked with before usually have funding. They've they've figured it out. They just need help on spending the money, yeah. Um, which is easy. Which is quite easy. Getting the money is a lot harder. Trying to get people to to invest and figure out what it is that they are wanting out of that investment. Yeah, good, good. But well, yeah, fingers crossed. Things start to to kind of pick up. And you've obviously kind of touched on. Um, the, the platform being released ideally in, in April or the new kind of um, product release in April. What do you see for the, the next kind of like six to 12 months? So we're, we're actually actively developing a roadmap for the next six months. The next six months we're being, we're focusing on what we're calling our brand promise, which is those features that are more geared towards personalization of the platform. So one of the things I keep pushing for is for it to have dark mode. So, because I use dark mode for everything and I think yes. a lot of developers <laughs> do and I really like it. So, but besides dark mode, what, what that would allow us to do is give people the ability to also do things like high contrast mode and others because that's all in the same place in a, a situation, in a sense. So, for me, I would like a dark mode, but I'm sure other people would like, you know, high contrast mode and other, and other uh, abilities but our current color scheme is chosen very well to be geared towards as big a population as we can. So, you know, it's color safe and all of that for colorblind people, but still would be good. So that's one of the things that I'm pushing for, but there are a lot of other customizations that we're looking into the, in the platform at. We're in the process of kind of developing the next roadmap. As I was saying with the one feature is that that, that choosing feature, we were building that one out as well we're planning that out but that's a big change for us because right now there's there's only a single way to complete an activity so we need to have a big change in that we're also looking to make sure that we have a really robust mechanism for controlling that privacy aspect of the data right now it is 
it is very private, but we need to give users the ability to share their information with organizations so that, you know, an organization can see how you're progressing on a multiple courses or what your certifications are so that you can be allowed, for example, to take a higher level course kind of stuff. So there are a lot of things like that that we're looking at. We're looking to potentially personalize a lot of aspects of it from the both learner and trainer side. Because the thing is, there are a lot of, there are a few platforms, I think, that kind of say that they are friendly to neurodiversity, but this is the only platform that is neurodiversity first and it's neurodiversity focused not just from the learner side, but also from the trainer side. So the whole platform is built with neurodiversity in mind. So there's a lot of trainers are neurodiverse as well. So you don't want to alienate those. So we're keeping things on both sides, even very evenly on both sides. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing, and yeah, definitely can see the the need from it and for it, which is which is great. And in terms of the kind of more business side, do you see Neve Learning kind of branching out? like away from this is milk or do you think they will always be kind of connected or i think there will be always be connected because i think one of the things that needs to happen is companies need to be educated on why neurodiversity first is important and how to build neurodiverse courses so while the platform helps you build a neurodiverse course it doesn't guarantee that any course will be neurodiverse because people can still opt out of actually taking its recommendations to heart and they can throw up a video that's two hours long, but they kind of need to be taught of why that is the problem. We also want to help organizations actually build courses that are better overall, which can't really be done through, um, you know, automation. We need to actually train trainers and organizations of how do we make sure that a course or their induction or whatever they're trying to put on Neve is accessible as a whole, not just the parts that are going to be on Neve. Yeah. So, so I think it's going to be constantly attached. It's a nice kind of partnership that kind of links in with each other, which is kind of great to see. And where is the best kind of place to keep up to date with all the, the kind of news on This Is Milk and, and Neve Learning? Which kind of um, social media is the, the kind of best? We're heavily on LinkedIn. There is actually a page for Need Learning and a page of For This Is Milk. We also have a website. In fact, we are going to be releasing a new website for Need Learning relatively soon where we're doing releases because we do releases every two weeks. So every two weeks, there's new features out there yeah. and we have a release page. We're, we're going to have a release page that actually highlights all those new changes. I, I believe there's just the last four or five changes on the on the website right now and we're we're going to keep adding to them. And when we move that website live, there'll be also a lot of changes on there. So you can go to needlearning.com or uh, on, on LinkedIn. Well, yeah, thanks so much for your time. It's It's been really interesting to hear all about Neve and, and obviously this is Milk as well. It sounds like the, the next kind of six to 12 months could be really exciting. So I look forward to, to kind of seeing all the updates. Thanks, yeah, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks very much for listening to How I Built This, brought to you by Cathcart Technology, Scotland's technology recruitment experts. Whatever platform you're listening on, please click the follow button and share the podcast with anyone you think would be interested in listening. If you're a tech leader in Scotland and want to share your story, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. 
If you work within the tech sector and are looking for a job or looking for some help growing your tech team, then please get in touch with me, Jack Stephen, or follow us on our socials, Cathcart Technology, or via our website, cathcarttechnology.com.